Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to our Romans Bible study. Happy New Year. We're back. We had a great holiday season this year, Christmas and, and, and New Year and all that good stuff. Uh, just great family time, great church services and, and everything, but we kind of took the month off as far as teaching our Romans classes and our Friday morning uh, teachings. Uh, but we're all back on board. We're all back on schedule today, every Friday morning at 9 a.m. Beginning this past Friday, we are going to be teaching First Timothy. Uh, I encourage you to join in with us live every Friday morning on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page or watch it later at your convenience on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. And we're just excited to be here today sharing God's Word with you. And, and I pray that you would grab your Bibles whenever you're watching this and that you would commit to God uh, this year. Beginning this year, uh, if you never have before, to, to become a student of God's Word, to learn God's Word, not in some uh, false way, but to learn God's Word as it points to Jesus Christ and what He's accomplished for us through His death at Calvary. For that is the only thing that keeps us from self-righteousness is pointing to the righteous work of Christ at Calvary. And there you will find the grace that you need every day, the provision that you need every day, the benefits the Lord is attempting to load you with every day. You will find them as you search God's Word and find Him through faith in the sacrifice of His Son, Jesus Christ. Guaranteed, this is not like a slot machine, well, I'll try this too. Anybody that's ever said they've tried the way of the cross and it didn't work, they don't know. They never knew what it was because the cross cannot fail. The cross of Christ, the work he did there, I speak of, his death, his humble, obedient act unto death, was the very manifestation of God's love. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13, 8, that God's love never fails. That means what God did there at the cross in his son Jesus Christ for you and for me can never fail. And I'm telling you what a thought, what a truth, what an experience that really is once you step into that. I'm not talking about trying something. I'm talking about believing something. And the moment you do, your hope is going to be changed. Your hope is going to become alive. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. This is our Romans Bible study. And this is chapter 8. And we're going to begin in verse 24, really, is where we are. And again, I'm glad to have you all with us back online watching uh, the teaching here. Let us learn God's Word together this year. And God is going to do great things among those who He is able to get back to faith and grace, back to where they can hear and receive, back to faith in the cross of Christ alone. Hallelujah. He's going to do great things this year. Yes, we're going to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. But at the end of the year, if our faith remains in Christ and His work at Calvary, we will be marching forward. Hallelujah. So, in Romans chapter 8, again, this is part 25, and we see in verse 24, the Bible tells us that we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? 
Now we have to. We, we you know, if you're if you're studying the Word every day, you you can't just jump in the Bible without remembering what you've been reading, uh, and and even what you're reading now. It stems from what you were reading and is going to have a part to play in where you begin reading. So just open the Bible and read one verse every day or, or without knowing what you just read, you're never going to be able to walk in the wisdom of God uh, with the correct uh, understanding of God's Word. So let's look at this this morning. The reason the Apostle Paul begins to talk about that we're saved by hope is because he just got through in this letter to the church in Rome saying uh, uh, in verse 22, let's read verses 22 and 23 and kind of back up and scratch our way into where we are. Watch this in verse 22. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together, even until now. And we know that's because of sin. And, he, and watch this now. And not only they, but ourselves also. Even the born-again, spirit-filled children of God within ourselves also, us who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves because we're waiting for the adoption to wit, that means to know, to know the redemption of our body. That means we've got something coming better than it already is. And my Lord, it don't get any better than a relationship with Jesus Christ, walking with him daily, learning Christ daily, learning to trust him more, love him more, and see him more involved in our lives. It doesn't get any better than that on the planet today. You could be the most highly esteemed men among men because of your gifts and talents. It can't compare to a relationship and fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Nothing compares to that. And, and that's why the enemy and the world and everything is against that. That's that, that, Because they don't have that and they know there's something they don't have. Uh, and you and I know this from experience because we were one time lost in our sins, looking and searching for that whatever we could find to have self-esteem. But when we found Christ, we moved away from self-esteem, a high self-esteem, to a high Christ-esteem. Somebody said, glory to God. When I'm looking for a, a self-esteem, a high self-esteem, self I'm going to be miserable. Even when I think I found it, I'm going to be miserable. But when I begin to walk with Christ, trust Christ, and exalt Christ, hallelujah, let him be exalted in my life through my faith and what he did that allowed God to exalt him and his name above every other name, which was his death at Calvary, then I'm going to say, man, what was I wasting all those years for trying to uh, find uh, this this thing about self, exalting self and self-esteem. Now I'm living to esteem Christ highly in my life. But he's talking about we've got something coming. It ain't here yet. We're in, but we've got more coming. The best is yet to come. We're going to have bodies that groan no more, travail no more. We won't know what a Tylenol ever was or is. We won't know any doctors. We won't, no, we're not going to have any need for anything that takes care 
of groaning and travailing because there won't be any. We'll have new bodies. We'll be on a new earth. There won't be no longer any groaning or travailing. And somebody said, glory to God. Hallelujah. But that's why he begins to talk about hope. Because you are in Christ, you are in the body of Christ, you are headed to be with the Lord forever, but now you have to have hope. You have to, the Lord didn't just save us and leave us in a mess, he saved us and gave us his spirit so that we could have faith and hope that operates by his love. Think about that. This hope we have is alive if our faith is working. If our faith's not right, that's why our hope is not alive. You know, please don't go around as a child of God, but again, I know you can't help it if you're saved, but you've been moved away from faith and the sacrifice. You can't help it when people ask you, how you doing? Well, I don't know if I'll make it. I, I might make it. I, 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 well, barely, we barely gonna make it. You know, all those things the world says, because they have a hope with a question mark. You and I, the children of God, we have a hope with an exclamation mark. We, listen, our hope is an anticipated expectation that comes, that we have, that it, listen, what we have, our hope is an anticipation and a great expectation. Here it comes, here it comes right here, with confidence. Our hope is not, well, I hope I make it. No, I will make it. I'm going to make it because I'm going to keep trust in Christ and what he did for me at Calvary. And I know I've got a new body coming. The Bible, I'm a Bible believer. How about you? The Bible says right here that to know the redemption of our body. The Spirit of God lives in us. We've got a new mind. We've been set in a new direction. Uh, we've got the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ dwelling in us. We're headed uh, to, to an eternity with Him. But we're going to get a new body. And, and But we don't have it yet. We're still groaning and travailing, and we're waiting for that new body. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. He says it right here. And then he says in verse 24, because if we hope for that, let me say, uh, he says in verse 24, rather, for we are saved by hope. Now, when you see the word F-O-R at the beginning of a Bible verse, you might as well just say, because. Even though that we're groaning even within ourselves as the children of God, because we know we've got a redemption of even this body coming. We've been redeemed. Our soul is no longer lost. We've been found by Jesus, hallelujah. Through the blood he shed at Calvary and our faith in that, we've received, listen, a new heart, a new spirit. Our soul is no longer lost, but this body is perishing. If you don't believe it, just go back and look in that mirror again and keep looking in it, uh, and you'll see that you're decaying and uh, you're leaving. You might as well get ready. You're leaving, but listen, you're going to receive a new body. And that's what form it because we're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he get hope for? Now, this for some may be a struggle to understand. What does it mean that we're saved by hope? You see, we're already saved. 
We've been justified by the blood, the Bible says in Romans 5 and 1. And Romans 5 and 9 says we've justified by faith. Our faith in the blood made us righteous in Christ through faith in his shed blood, in his work at Calvary, his death. God declared us righteous because he, he took our faith in Christ and his work and gave us his righteousness and that has justified us. We're saved. But you well know that when Jesus died on the cross, even though Satan at that moment <clears throat> had the power of death taken away from him, <clears throat> excuse me, Hebrews 2.14 tells us that, that Jesus took the power of death away from the devil through his death, not the resurrection. But the disciples didn't really know what happened at the cross until Jesus was resurrected and then they kind of still didn't know much except that he for sure was the one that came. But then when the apostle Paul received the revelation of the cross and actually what happened at the cross, how the devil had the power of death taken away, that's where we were justified. At the cross is where God saw every believer in Christ as that second Adam representing all men and that could be forgiven of their sins and placed into him. And but but until that revelation came, Peter went back to fishing. People, you remember the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, Jesus shows up, they don't know who he is, and they and and and, and they telling him, Well, we thought that was the man, we thought that was the Savior, we thought he was the one, but there was no hope there. And so that's why Peter says, I've got it written here for you. For us. First Peter 1 and 3 says, let's turn over there and look at it. First Peter, Bible study. First Peter 1 3, he says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Listen, no man is saved from their sins by the resurrection of Jesus. The Bible teaches that we're saved from our sins through the shedding of the blood of Jesus. Hold on now. The resurrection was the confirmation the guarantee that Christ did do what he said he was going to do at the cross. What God, his Father, sent him to do at the cross. He had a command to come and lay his life down. said, no man take my life from me. I've got the power to lay it down and the power to take it up again because I have this commandment of the Father. And so when Jesus was raised from the dead, that saved men from just not being sure, not having a hope that was alive. You know, they, they thought he had been the one, but when he came out of that grave, my friends, three days later, that hope came alive. That hope was a lively hope. Hallelujah. That's what makes us lively stones. But it takes a proper faith for hope to be alive. That's why the Lord gave the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 6, to teach us that our faith must never be moved from the work Christ did at Calvary. And even when faith comes by hearing the Word of God, and faith only comes from hearing the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. 
that faith that comes comes from us hearing the word of God in its righteous context. Mm -hmm. Romans 1, 16 and 17. Please take notes. Don't get mad and turn me off because you're hearing stuff you've never heard before. Take notes. Go look at it for yourself and praise God it is there. That we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And that faith comes to us by hearing God's word in its righteous context as God's word is revealing the righteous one and the righteous work he did for us at Calvary. Amen. That means his sacrificial work there. All God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel. So therefore, all of God's word must be viewed, believed, by faith in the gospel. That's why we say if our faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, we cannot place our faith in anything written because the Holy Spirit won't work in it. If our faith is not in the man who said he is the truth, Jesus, and what he did to become the daily liberating and provisional grace to us daily, if our faith is not in the work he there did, then our faith really is not in the written word of God at all. We might think it is, and we might declare it, and we might play with God's word, but we're actually holding it out of its righteous context, Romans 1.18, and all that can be produced there is ungodliness and unrighteousness, and God's wrath, he's resisting that. Again, Romans 1 and 18, check it out. So, so this, this lively hope is by the resurrection. And again, that's why we have to learn Romans 6 that we've been planted together in the likeness of the death of Jesus. That means our, through our faith in what Jesus did at Calvary, we've been planted together with him. We've been crucified with him that we might be buried with him, that we might be raised to newness of life with him to experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ by his spirit. But that does not happen when I move my faith from his work at Calvary to something other, to my giving, to my this or my that or there this. All these new books that come out in 2020 will probably have more books written and released about how to have victory, what faith really is, and this year than ever before because 2020 brings with that the possibility of great slogans and, and catchphrases and, and all these things that, that are not bad in and of themselves until they point you away from the very work of Christ at Calvary for your initial salvation, daily salvation, and daily provision. All of it comes through Calvary. Not, and not just because you got in and got saved 15 years, 15 minutes ago, but because you fight the good fight of faith to keep your faith in the sacrifice of Christ because that was a legal work and that's the only thing that allows the Holy Spirit, the law of the Spirit of life, Romans 8, 2, to, to legally work the things Jesus died for you to have into your life. That, my friend, is powerful, and that is what God is saying and doing in the church today. There's where you'll find your lively hope, 
uh, on any other level, any other avenue, any other thing you're listening to than ministers preaching God's Word, teaching God's Word, and point you into Calvary is going to cause your life to be a roller coaster ride. The church has been a victim-minded for centuries, not decades. We've been victim-minded. We come into church, the preacher preaches something that tries to get us to the altar because we're all victims. Let me tell you something. We all have issues. We all need to grow. We all step into storms at times. It happens to everybody. But to live my Christian life as though I'm just a victim, Instead of living from a victorious platform of grace that Jesus died to be able to daily give me that I can live and walk in victory. And when I do have issues, I do fall into things. I do bump my head. I trip up or I do whatever I do, whatever storms come, whether they're from someone else, something else, or self-inflicted, I can rise and walk. I'm not talking about two years later. I'm talking about two minutes later. Hallelujah. God, forgive me, and God, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's where we walk. That's where we live. That's where we move. That's how we have our very being. And the church has been a roller coaster. Oh, we, we've got men who are daycare keepers, and, and they're not preachers. Listen, pastors want to minister to their people to where their people learn to walk. They learn, And you can't run the race till you learn to walk. Hallelujah. And you've got to learn to walk. And the only place God will strengthen you to walk is in the truth. And the truth is Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And when your faith remains in that, your hope will be a lively hope. Watch this now. Let's get back to where we're going. You've held me up there long enough. He says, For we are saved, verse 24 in Romans chapter 8, For we are saved by hope. Means we're saved from just... He's talking about while we're waiting, already saved, spirit-filled, on our way to heaven... While we're waiting on our body of redemption, our new bodies. Get this. this is a, it's not talking about initial salvation. Not talking about initial. We're talking about while we're waiting. Here, That's the context. While we're waiting, we're already in. And while we're running this race, waiting to get there, waiting for that new body that's coming to us. Glory to God. Listen, <clears throat> we're saved by hope. While we're groaning and travailing, we're saved by hope. Hallelujah. We're in the midst of groaning and travailing and come quickly, Lord Jesus, we're saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man sees, why does he yet hope for it? Verse 25, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. The word patience means to preserve persevere rather. Uh, the word patience means I'm persevering. And the only way we can persevere is not by telling myself I must do something. My perseverance is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me repeat it again. The working of the Holy Spirit is a legal work because of the cross of Christ. When Jesus died for all men, all the sins of humanity, that was a legal work. And from that very place, Romans 3, 25 and 26, through his blood, God de declared, through faith in his blood, God declares 
righteousness. Hallelujah. And when you're righteous, you're justified. <laughs> and it is in that order. When you read Romans chapter 5, he made you righteous in Christ because of your faith in Christ. And at that point, your righteousness was unto justification. Hallelujah. That's good news right there. But this hope we have, listen, it, it, it's, it's we, we wait and we hope with patience. Our, that means perseverance. And it says we're waiting for it. See, he goes back to what he's talking about here. We're waiting for that redemption of the body. He's not talking about initial salvation here. He's talking about that, that again, that's why we have to make sure we understand where we're reading, where were we yesterday, where are we today in the scriptures, and where are we going. You have to, you have to pay attention. It's called rightly, righteously dividing God's word. Hallelujah. So he says, but if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience, that means perseverance, wait, and that means eagerly wait. For it. Remember, hope, our hope as a Christian, is an anticipation and an expectation with confidence. Confidently waiting. I'm confidently waiting. I said, I'm confidently anticipating and expecting a new body. And the moment that I leave this planet, I will be with the Lord. If I died today, I would be in the presence of the Lord. I'd be with Him. And until that resurrection, when that resurrection takes place, I'm getting a new body and it'll be sitting on a, on a horse riding back with Him. Hallelujah. Think about that. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience, perseverance, eagerly wait for it. Are you eagerly waiting for that which is coming to you? A new body? Yet right in the midst of your groaning and travailing and that's going to happen until you see Christ. You're going to be groaning and you're going to be travailing but let it be a reaching for Christ. Let it be a, 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 an anticipation and an expectation that is great greatly with confidence that you know that you know that you know you got a new body coming but the Bible says that this earth is not even worthy of the children of God and God's going to make a new earth it doesn't mean we're better than anybody because we're not and you got to watch those thoughts we're not better than anybody we still need Jesus as much today as anybody does and as long as our faith is in that which justified us, our hope will be alive. Amen. Our, you, listen, it, it's, it's kind of funny that the older people get, the more they want the Lord to come. And I understand that because the older we get, the more these bodies are breaking down and suffering and, and doctor appointments and, and medicine and all these things. And praise God for all those things. But you understand what I'm saying. The older we get... The more we've been through, the more we may be experiencing in our physical bodies, and the more we're longing, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I need my new body. I'm longing for that new body, and I know I'm going to get it when I see you. Hallelujah. Let me read two or three scriptures here at the close. Got a couple minutes left concerning what we're talking about hope. Watch this now. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6. Take notes. Write it down. Here it comes. But Christ over, uh, over his house, 
whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. Don't lose hope, my friend. If you lose hope, that means your faith is not working right. And if your faith is not working right, the Lord is going to show up and encourage you. Make sure you're looking back to Calvary. All these people, God is using these ministers today to point people back to the cross so their faith can work properly and their hope can be alive again. And when we reject the message of the cross and we think we, 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 think we need more than that, then we're, we're telling God that. I need more. I need to focus on more than what Jesus did for me at Calvary. And they've yet to understand that when they're trying to focus on other things, there won't be any understanding or wisdom that comes to them. Only as they look to the cross, then the Lord is able to teach them these other things. Liven up their hope, cause them to have the very experience of being a lively stone instead of just a declaration. The message of the cross brings us into the experience of things we've been declaring for years. Hallelujah. I, let me say that again. The message of the cross, the preaching of the cross, the word of the cross is the power of God. And the power of God is the very experience of the things Jesus died for us to be able to have. Hallelujah. Watch this now. Hebrews uh, 6 and 19. Hope is the anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and is that which enters into the veil. Now, now we need to talk about that. I don't have time. We're out of time. But if my faith is right, my hope will be right, and my hope is that which enters in within the veil. There's a lot to be thought about and said concerning that. But we're out of time. Let's take up right here this Thursday morning and at 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here live on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page Mondays and Thursdays. I thought I was going to do something different. The Lord didn't give me direction. When he don't, I just keep doing what I've been doing. And God's going to bless it. I know he is. But every Monday and Thursday, 8.30 a.m. Central Time right here online Let's get in the Word of God and find the Word of the Lord, find the Lord Himself working in our midst as we learn the Scriptures, learning Christ. And we just we, we want to tell you today that we love you, we appreciate you, all you who are being blessed by this ministry. I want you to pray for us. I want you to go to thecrosswaychurch.com, the website. I want you to give. I want you to donate. When you find where the message of the cross is being preached and you begin to support that ministry, there will be blessings upon your life. It's biblical. I don't listen to these people who send messages and say negative things about giving. Listen, if everybody was like them, we'd all be living out in the woods. There wouldn't be nothing going on. <laughs> but I, I, I take the negative comments along with the good because not everybody has learned, and we're all learning. So uh, you can donate on the website. Again, it's thecrosswaychurch.com or easily on your, on your cell phone, your smartphone at 903-231-5950. Pray for us. We love you. We're praying for you, and I'll see you next time right here. God bless you.